If you have your Bibles, Ephesians 5, 15 to 20, I want to finish up this uh, little series that we've been doing on uh, living in the light. And uh, I was really blessed last week. I was uh, talking with one of the new people in our church, and uh, they're not able to be in church all summer because of their job. And uh, anyway, I was just kind of calling them to see how they were doing uh, throughout the summer. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised by their response and because uh, they were really worried, you know, going back, being around all the worldly uh, uh, people that, you know, they were going to fall from their faith and uh, not be able to live their faith. And he said, Pastor, you won't believe this, but he said, they're noticing a difference in my life. And they've been talking to me and asked me what has changed, what's going on. He said, I've been telling them, I've been going to church. And, uh, the, and I've been telling them about Jesus. And they, they said to me, well, when this job finishes, can we come with you? I think, like, amen. Like, that's what we want to be. I'll be a light. And, and you, know, you don't always necessarily have to say things, but just be a light. And that can draw other people to Jesus Christ. And so I really look forward to, you know, seeing this uh, person to come back to church here in the fall. And uh, I just hope there'll be a whole row of people uh, with them uh, because of that light that he has shown. And so... Uh, I think those things are really cool to see how Jesus is working in people's lives and uh, how we need to be praying, God, work in my life. I, I want to bring more people uh, to Jesus Christ. I want people to see that, yes, there's something different. What's going on in your life? That we'd be asked that question, why are you different? Like, what's going on? What's been happening in your life? And that we can tell them about what Jesus Christ has done in us. And so uh, praise his name. So there's just a little illustration of living in the light and that we're seeing its effects, and uh, that it is touching people. So that's what we want to be. So Ephesians 5, 15 to 20 says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts today. Well, this morning we're going to conclude that series of uh, living in the light. And I hope that's been encouraging uh, to you because it is important to God uh, that we would live our lives in such a way that it would be literally like a beam of light be radiating from us that would draw people to ask us what's going on in our lives, what's happening in our lives, and that we live in such a way that we would draw people to Jesus Christ. And it is our obligation as Christians, as Christ followers, that we have an obligation to be a light unto our world, be showing people the way of salvation and to Jesus Christ. And so people should see that there's a difference about it. It's not that we're weird. We don't want to be weird, but we do want to be seen as people who have purpose and meaning and life. The Bible says you are new creatures in Christ. People brought from darkness to light. People have a new path in life. We have a new culture. The old is behind us, and we're now to rise up to be a new people, totally committed to God and following him. One of the key verses we've been using throughout this time is Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop 
that cannot be hidden. And as Christians, that's exactly what we're to be. We're to be like in a very dark world that we're to be like on the top of a mountain and shining such a light that the whole world is seeing. I was thinking of that this morning, uh, uh, especially when you go south and uh, those warm climates in the middle of winter, you'll often uh, see these lights uh, beaming up into the sky and they'll often cross over like that. And it's kind of a, a sign to anyone that is out there that there's something special going on at this place where these lights are flashing. And that's what we're to be. We're to be Christians that shining in our world, kind of saying to people, hey, over here, I got something to tell you. There's something important. There's something happening over here at this place. And so we are to be a light unto our world. Uh, Jesus puts it another way in Luke 11, 36. He says, if you're filled with light, with no dark, no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight were filling you with light. So again, that whole aspect that we need to shine. Shine, Jesus, shine was an old song that we used to sing uh, years back. But that's a, a, a gospel truth. We need to shine, Jesus, to our world. The words of Jesus are very clear, telling us that being a follower of Christ, you know, we need to have that testimony. We need to be an example to others that, that literally that we would be like a floodlight or a, a, a beam of light that would catch the attention of all the people around us. And so that's something to strive for, something we need to remind ourselves of that, you know what, I need to be a light because there's lots of temptations out there in our world. And one of those things that kind of helps us with those temptations is say, uh, is this going to help my testimony of Christ or is this going to ruin my testimony with Christ? And that, that can really help us in some decision-making as we think of this importance of being a light and a testimony to our world for Jesus Christ. Now, this is an important calling for the church. And I really believe that God is calling the church back to being true lights, bright lights in our community and our world. And it's something that we really need to take seriously and to guard our lives that we might be a light in the midst of darkness. Lots of people are talking about the darkness that is hitting our world today. Well, as Christians, we're not to run away from that darkness. We're to be a light in the darkness and start shining for Christ. And that's something as a church, uh, we want to be a light to our community. We want to make a difference in our community. Uh, we want to be a shining example in our community. And you know, we're not here to say, well, we're a perfect church or we're a perfect people. Uh, certainly not at all, but we do realize we want to be working at this. And we want to be a better light into our world. And that's kind of why we've been doing this series, just to remind ourselves of the importance of being a light to our world. And as you read the book of Ephesians, which we've been really kind of concentrating on, a uh, message by Paul to the Ephesian church, uh, you'll realize that he really uh, gives a very strong message about being a light unto our world. And that's, that's kind of why we've been using that as our text uh, throughout this series, uh, because it was something that was very important to the Ephesian church that Paul felt to speak to them. And so this, uh, this morning, I want to finish this series off just looking at some of these final instructions that he gives about being a light unto our world. And the first thing he says is, be careful how you live. That's very important. As Christians, we need to be careful how we live. We need to be watching ourselves. We need to be on guard about the things that we're doing, the things that we're saying, the things that we're involved in. Is it being a light 
unto our world. Ephesians 5, 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. So he's telling us, use your understanding. You know, be wise about what you're doing. Make good choices out there in life because your life is to be a testimony to other people. So it's encouraging us as Christians, be cautious, be careful uh, of our actions, our words, our reactions, because we're a testimony to our world all the time. And you need to realize that you are a testimony all the time, whether you want to be one or not. You don't get to choose when you're going to be a testimony and when you're not going to be a testimony. You are a testimony all the time. And people are watching us. Uh, In the verses just before, the Apostle Paul talks about doing what is good, right, true. He's gone to say, carefully determine what pleases God. So we need to get to realize, well, what are the things that please God? And obviously, what are the things that don't please God? And those are things that are supposed to help us to live that life that God really wants us to live. It says to take no part in the deeds of of darkness uh, or of evil. And we really do. We really need to separate ourselves from evil things and uh, stop excusing our sin because we're living in a society today that, like, there is no wrong. And Christians are falling into that same kind of a trap where it's kind of like you can do no wrong. Well, yes, you can. And again, we need to put ourselves back in that light. Philippians 2, 15 says, so that no one can criticize you, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. It's of high importance that we live our lives that they might be a light and a testimony to draw people to Jesus. And that really needs to be upon our minds, that whatever we do, whatever we say, kind of a good question to be asking ourselves, is this drawing people to Jesus, or is this pushing people away from Jesus? And I think that, you know, if we could only do that all the time, I know, you know, we all have our good days, bad days, but if we could be, have that on our minds and asking ourselves things before we actually do them, Will this be pleasing to God or will this not be pleasing to God? Will this be attracting people to Jesus or will it be pushing people away from Jesus? And so we need to use wisdom and carefully watching how we respond and react to life. We want to be a people that when people are looking at us, that they see Jesus. They see that we are different, that we're reacting, we're responding differently than the world. And, And you know, when you look back through covid I think, you know, there's been a lot of failures of the church during COVID, uh, where the church seemed to be just like the world. There was no difference in their response to COVID. And you know what? We need to get back to that place that people see there's a difference in churches. There's a difference. And it's a good thing, not a bad thing, but a good thing. You know, we need to be on the watch over our actions, responses, uh, because we don't want to lose a testimony over something that really wasn't all that important in the first place. You know, sometimes we think things are important, and they're really not. And we've got to line up everything about does it draw or does it push away people from Jesus? You know, we're living in evil times. We're living with darkness that is creeping around us more and more and more. And we need to be lights to push back the darkness. We need to be those good testimonies as people's eternity may depend upon us. And again, that's another thought that we need to remind ourselves of people's eternity may be because of us. Either in eternity with Jesus 
or an eternity of hell. But it might be because of their response of what they've seen in us. And so the Bible says you've got to be careful. Be careful. Be cautious. You know, uh, use wisdom. Stay grounded in the word. Live according to the word. You know, stay in the word. Stay in prayer. Uh, stay close to Jesus. Then secondly, to live in that light, we need to make the most of every opportunity. We really need to realize that every day brings opportunity to be a light for the gospel. Ephesians 5, 16, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. See, opportunities abound for us, whether to be a light or not, every day of our lives. And so, you know what? Our responses matter. Our actions matter. Uh, people are watching us. So no matter where you are or you know, whatever we may be doing, we are representatives of Christ, whether you want to be or not. And again, it's going back to that place that we need to be taking the most of every opportunity. He's trying to remind us, the Apostle Paul, of the seriousness of being a light, being an example at every opportunity. Colossians 4, 5, and 6 says this, says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Like, and I know that that's uh, easier said than actually done. And I know we all can have bad days or bad moments. But again, the Bible is reminded, listen, you need to be on guard. Your mood is not an excuse for you to sin or to lash out. Uh, and so we need to be careful of those times. And again, taken seriously that we are a testimony. Somebody is watching us to see if we're really being a light. Now, other translations talk about redeeming the time. See, time is precious, and opportunities are precious. You know, we don't like to think about it, but we could be the only Jesus that somebody ever sees. We could be the only opportunity for someone either to accept Christ or reject Christ. And when you start thinking along those lines, that gets kind of scary, doesn't it? But that's, the Bible wants us to take it that seriously, that you may be that influence in somebody's life whether to accept Christ or not accept Christ. And so what's saying here is take advantage of the time that we have. Make up for lost time as well. You know, some of us have been, you know, we've grown up in a Christian home. We've been very blessed. Uh, we've been serving the Lord all, all the days of our life. And that's wonderful. That's good. That's awesome. But for most people, that hasn't happened. They've come later on in life where they've come to the knowledge of Christ and now they're trying to serve Christ. And so here's a great opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to make the most of what I have. What I have of my time left, I am going to serve the Lord, be an example to draw people to Jesus. And even if you serve Jesus all your life and you're coming, you know, near, you're on the last, you know, you're on the, the last mile, well, be that example. Be that example that people see you and they will come to Jesus Christ because of the light that you're still shining. Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of your time to bring people to Jesus Christ. Again, we may be the only hope of someone coming to faith in Jesus Christ, you or I. And so that's good to be reminded of, taking the opportunities out there that God gives us to be a light. And then fourthly, or thirdly, in being a light, uh, we need to understand and find out what 
God wants us to do. You know, it says, don't act thoughtlessly, Ephesians 5, 17, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. You know, that's something that's very important. We need to find out what does God want us to do? You know, often we kind of just react in life and do things in life and, you know, we just kind of go on with life and sometimes we don't think a lot about what we're doing, what we're saying or where we're going. We just kind of go out there and enjoy life. And the Bible's saying you need to be looking for what God wants you to do. You know, I think sometimes we like to avoid that one because sometimes God asks us to do things we don't want to do. And that is a reality. Sometimes God will ask you to do something you don't want to do. You want to go and do this, and God says, no, I want you to go and do this. And so a battle takes place. And so he's telling us, if you want to really be a light, then you need to be looking at that aspect of, God, what do you want me to do? That he needs to be involved in our choices. He needs to be involved in our decisions. Uh, the Apostle Paul tells us if we really want to be a light, you know, we need to take the time to get God's opinion and be sensitive to his leading, to his guidance uh, in our lives. You know, how do we get that? Well, through daily times of prayer, daily times in the word of God. Uh, those things are so very, very important. Getting out to church, being amongst other believers, those things are important too. But that daily time with God that we can spend with him and read in his word, God will speak to us if we take the time, get in his word and get into pray. And, and he will help us to make good decisions in life. Now, I know we all have our wants and, you know, we all have our feelings that, you know, we have to deal with at times as well. But we need to learn to submit that to God. God, I'm just going to surrender that to you and I'm going to look to you of what you want me to do, how you want me to respond. And, you know, really that can be a real lifesaver uh, to ourselves that, you know, we don't say something or do something that is stupid or, you know, something that we're going to regret. I'm sure we all have things in our lives that we can look back and say, oh, man, I wish I could live that moment over again because, man, I regret that. Well, that's why we need to be sensitive to what the Lord wants us to do because it can be a lifesaver to ourselves and also to the people that we're speaking to. Uh, back to the verses uh, uh, in our text here. We see the importance of finding out uh, what pleases God and doing it. Ephesians 5.10, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. So we need to understand that what God wants to do. We need to understand the will of God. And that's important. And, and sometimes we can struggle in that area of, well, what does God really want me to do? Well, you know, uh, don't be looking for, you know, uh, somebody prophetic to come and tell you this is what you need to do. Uh, the prophetic can be really good to confirm what God is already telling you what to do. And that can be an awesome thing and a wonderful blessing. Uh, there was a lot of that this past weekend. Uh, Sammy was just doing a fantastic job uh, this past weekend, uh, speaking into people's lives. But you, you get that direction, you get that guidance by seeking the Lord, looking to the Lord, being in his presence. Um, the will of God is something that's very important for us because we see that as part of the Lord's prayer as well, where Jesus tells us, these are the things you need to pray. May your kingdom, Matthew 6, 10 to 13, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Those are things that we should be praying about, the kingdom of God going forward, uh, praying the will of God being done uh, in earth just as being done in heaven, praying about the food that we need, uh, praying about those sins, forgive us of our sins, and uh, forgiving those people that have sinned against us. 
And then not to yield the temptation, but to rescue us from the evil one. And so the will of God for our lives is something that's very important for us uh, to be considering as we want to be a light unto our world. We need to understand, what does God want us to do? It may not be what you want to do at that moment. You know, yes, God often blesses it and gives us the desires of our heart. Yes, that is very, very true. And he does. He blesses us in so many ways. And interesting, I've found many, many times where sometimes God has asked you to do something and you were wanting to do something else or you were wanting to get something else, that as you were obedient to God and did what he wanted you to do, all of a sudden those other things that you were really wanting, they just came upon you as kind of like a blessing back from God. It always pays to honor God first. It really does. And, and so that's something, again, very important, uh, understanding what the Lord wants us to do. Then fourth, in living in the light, we need to be seeking to be filled with the Spirit of God. We should always want more of the Holy Spirit filling us. And, and friends, let's be honest. If we don't have a desire for more of God in our lives, that should be a real good indicator in, to ourselves that, you know what, something's wrong. Something's wrong. I'm not where I really should be with God because I should be desiring more. Ephesians 5.18 says, Don't be drunk with wine because that can ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, to live in the light, you're going to have to work at it. It doesn't just happen. you got to work at it. And I know there's lots of substitutes out there that, you know, we can seek to help us cope with life. And, you know, lots of people choose those things, you know, like we can choose alcohol to help us cope or, you know, maybe some uh, cigarettes, uh, maybe a joint that's going to help you cope, maybe some other drugs and prescriptions or entertainment or gaming, sports and other pursuits that are out there in life, hunting, fishing, whatever. You can choose all those things if you want. And what God is saying, choose the Holy Spirit. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. You, you want really satisfaction? You want something that's going to take hold of your life, that's going to fulfill your life? Then he's saying get filled with the Spirit. Don't be looking to the things that the world looks to to fulfill and help them cope with life. Look to the Lord. Look to the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit should be the one that we look to to help us to cope with life. The Holy Spirit needs to be our pursuit, the first one that we go to when we're wanting direction or needing direction or just needing to cope with life because life can be hard at times. Life can be difficult at times. And the Holy Spirit is saying, look, I am here. I want you to choose me. Don't be choosing all these other things of the world. You can if you want, but you're not going to get the same satisfaction. You're not going to get the high that you can get from the Holy Spirit. He, he is a better high than anything that this world can offer you. And it'll be a blessing to you. It's not going to damage your body. It's not going to hurt your body. It's not going to cause you to do stupid things. It's going to be a huge blessing to you. Look for atmospheres where the Holy Spirit dwells. You know, and it's just amazing how the Holy Spirit can speak to you when you're in those times. Uh, I had an opportunity to apply my own message as I was finishing it up on Thursday, and I was thinking of all these things I needed to do this weekend and things that, you know, aren't really getting done. And I thought about the services out at the camp, and I got to think, well, I can do these other things. There's nothing wrong with those things. Or I can go out to some services where I know Holy Spirit is going to be working and that Holy Spirit could speak into my life. 
And so we made the choice, let's go out to the camp. Let's go out there to those services. And it was so interesting because we were out there at the services, and it was kind of interesting as uh, Sammy was speaking and giving words of prophecy, I was hearing one right from the Lord himself, just speaking into me, and I was thinking like, oh, wow, that is pretty cool. And I thought, well, there you go. See, you can choose. You can make choices. You can be in that place where you can get filled with the Spirit of God and have him speak in your life, or you can do a lot of other things. They're not bad things, but you can do other things. It's not going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. It's not going to give you more of God. And so choose the things wisely. Choose the places wisely where you might be filled and walk in that fullness of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, that's something that we need to be really praying for and, you know, trying to bring our lives into that place that we would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit every day. Not just, you know, on Sunday, not just, you know, on a certain day of the week or certain hours of the week, but every moment, every hour that we'd be sensitive. And, you know, that just doesn't happen naturally. It's something you got to work at. You really do. The Holy Spirit, he is our comforter. He is our helper. He is our counselor. He is our peace. So if you're needing any of those things there, if you're struggling with life, you fill with the Holy Spirit. Are you struggling with things? Are there things coming against you? Then look to the Holy Spirit. He wants to help you. Holy Spirit also convicts and convinces us of sin. Another great influence. We don't necessarily enjoy that when that happens, when Holy Spirit begins to speak into our lives and say, uh, uh, that response you just gave, um, that wasn't for me. You need to repent of that. We usually don't kind of like those moments, but you know what? I treasure those moments because that's, I know Holy Spirit speaking to me. I know he's correcting me. I know he's helping me that I might be the right light that I need to be. And so I don't look at those times as bad times. It can sting when that happens. But, you know, it is a good thing when the Holy Spirit begins to speak. And we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting if you uh, look in the Bible and where it talks about being filled, it's interesting how the Holy Spirit is often connected to all those fillings. So filling you with joy. I don't know if you need joy today. There's someone that does will fill you with joy. That's the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will fill you with joy. Do you need peace today? Are there things going on in your life that you're really struggling with? Well, Holy Ghost, he can bring you peace. Uh, Maybe there's another area where you're going through and you're struggling with, uh, where you just need that communion of the Holy Spirit. Well, he's the one that does it. Uh, He's the one that does it. He will bring that comfort, that strength. And I like that word. He's a comforter. He's a comforter. When my life is a mess and, yo, my, my mind's all over the place, I don't know what to do, it's amazing how the comfort and the peace of God can come as we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He does a great job of filling us, you know, filling us with love, filling us with joy, filling us with peace, filling us with power. You know, sometimes we feel just so weak, like I may as well just give up. I can't do anything right. And, you know, we're just ready to give up. And Holy Spirit says, I can strengthen you. I can help bring you through this situation in this time. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, Jerusalem through Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. If we need power to be a better light, Holy Spirit, welcome Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I invite you in my life. Today, man, I'm I'm needing you to fill me. I'm needing some new joy today. I'm needing some peace today. I'm needing some power today. Whatever you might need, 
He's the one that fills you. He's the one that fills you. So look to the Holy Spirit. Fifthly, living in the light, we need to be a people who keep worshiping, keep praising, keep taking advantage of times when we can gather together to worship. Uh, it was really interesting this uh, week at the um, meetings that they were holding out at the camp. They just had a whole uh, I don't know, seven or eight uh, individuals that were leading in worship. And they were all people that were involved in different churches, from different churches that were involved in worship leading. And for the first time, they all got together and they led in worship. And did they ever do a great job? It was wonderful. But that's what the Bible says. You want to be a light, keep worshiping. You got to get that inside of you. Ephesians 5, 19, singing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. You know, sometimes we forget the impact that worship has on us. You know, uh, as I said, you know, uh, in those services that you just begin to worship and open up your heart to God, it's amazing how God can speak to you. You know, you don't have to wait for the preacher to get up to a pulpit to hear a message from God. You can hear a message as you come into a church every Sunday as they start to worship and you start to enter in and worship. I guarantee you, you will hear a message. And it's a message that will come direct from the throne room Better than the pastor's message, better than all the musicians' message. And that's the ones I love to hear, those messages from God himself. Well, worship, worship, so important, so important today. And I know, you know, today we got all this modern technology that we can watch worship instead of being part of worship. You know, I really encourage you, if you can make it out to the house of the Lord, get out to a house of the Lord and be in the practice of worshiping. Don't just leave other people do it. Get out there and do it yourself. Don't forsake the gathering of ourselves together. Don't become a watcher versus a participant. Truly worship the Lord. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Therefore, let us offer Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. It needs to be a lifestyle. Worship needs to be a lifestyle where you just take time to keep praising him, keep worshiping him, because that's going to help us to be that light. It puts us in that atmosphere of where God moves. And then lastly, in living the light, we need to be a people who give thanks. We need to be a people who are thankful. Ephesians 5.20, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. To live in the light, we need to be thankful people. And I don't know if you haven't noticed out there right now, but our society is not really doing that well. Our society is not really coping that well. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, you can mention some certain triggers and boom, you know, things can start happening. Be thankful. Start speaking words of thankfulness. I tell you, that can really change an atmosphere for people and they can really preach. That was like a few weeks ago when we had that fire out there and we provided, uh, you know, some pizzas. That spoke to them more than about putting out the fire. Because they're looking, they're so used to people not being, you know, we're into this thing of uh, where everyone's uh, looking to, uh, it's all about themselves these days, and they need to hear some people, entitlement, that was the word I was looking for. Lots of entitlement out there today. Well, people need to hear some words of thanksgiving. They need to see it from us that, you know what, I'm thankful. You know, the world sucks right now. Well, it does. Well, let's start speaking some words of thanksgiving. 
He starts speaking some words for what God is doing and how God is intervening and helping and touching people. Let's change the atmosphere out there. And thankfulness is an atmosphere changer in our world. And I realize, you know, it's not easy uh, to always be thankful. I, there's lots of frustrations in these last few years, for sure, for all of us. But God is calling us to a higher level in society where we need to be seen as the people who are thankful. You know, I know sometimes we may not think that thankfulness is really all that important or that thankfulness would really make that much of a difference, but it does make a difference. Uh, why else would the Bible tell us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So for Christians, we're to be thankful people. That's who we are to be. You know, I don't think it can be any clearer than that. Be thankful. And so this morning, I hope you see afresh that living in the light is really needed. God is calling the church back to be a light into our world. I think he's just bringing in some correction into the church right now and working on us, speaking to us. And, you know, as we look that, you know, these are the end times, there's still something great ahead, friends. There's still something good. Uh, that God has. There's still many people to respond. Uh, hearing lots of words of harvest, believing God for harvest, believing that God is going to speak to people and draw people into his kingdom. But for God to do that, he needs us. He needs you and I to be a light unto our world. We must be, we must be a light that shows a way of salvation and that the faith that we talk about is real. A lot of people are wondering, are wondering about that. Is this faith stuff? Is this Jesus stuff? Is it real? Well, we need to be showing a light that it is, that it is, that people will listen, that people will hear. We need to be those living testimonies, those living lights to draw people to Jesus. And as we do that, as we answer that call to be a light, we will see many people coming to Christ. I really believe there is a harvest to come before Jesus returns. I really believe that. I really believe for this church that there is a harvest. And, you know, I know you've heard lots of words. You've heard me say it as well. And uh, that was one of the things I just heard the Lord say to me when I was up at the camp there and just speaking of saying that I haven't forgotten about all those promises I spoke. There's going to be a harvest. There's going to be a harvest. It's going to come to pass. It was kind of funny in my looking at Facebook this morning, you know how those memories jump, jump up? And there was one, uh, I think it was from 2013. It was quite a ways back. And it was a scripture verse that shared about from Ezekiel. And it talked about the same thing. You know what? That there's things are going to happen. Those things that we thought are over, they're done, they're finished, they're not going to happen. Don't give up on God yet. God's still got more to do. The harvest there's a harvest still to come, and it's a big one, and I want to be a part of that. I want to be ready to be a part of that, and I trust that you do too, and I, I know that you do as well. So let's believe for harvest. Let's, let's believe to be a light unto our world. Let's change our world. Let's show them that Jesus does make a difference because he really does. Father, we want to be a light. Lord, I... I I know that, Lord, sometimes we're not the best lights that we should be. Lord, I know that even my own life, that sometimes, Lord, 
a thought can come, a word can be expressed, and that's not really being a light. So, Lord, help us to be a light. And every day, every response, every circumstance, the Father will concentrate on being that light. Because, Lord, it's harvest time. It's harvest time. He's told us in the Word that we should be praying for laborers in the harvest because the harvest is great. Well, Lord, we really believe that it is great right now, greater than any other time in human history, that, Lord, the harvest is great. And so, Father, we're asking you, help us to be a light. Help us, Lord, even this week, Lord, that through our lives that we'll be able to talk to people about Jesus We'll be able to tell them that, yes, there is a difference. Something is happening in my life. I'm not the same person that I used to be because Jesus Christ has come into my life and I've welcomed him in my life. And I want to encourage you to do the same. Welcome Jesus. Welcome Jesus. And that we would start seeing uh, pews and these chairs here, that whole rows would be filled because we're out there being a light. So Father, I pray, help us to be a light. For those that, Lord, are watching online today or those that aren't able to be in church today and will be watching this later on, God, I pray, help them be a light. Help them to be a light. Lord, encourage them to be a light. And Father, I pray that they start seeing results. I know that, Lord, sometimes we've we tried so hard and we've seen nothing. There's been no response. There's been nobody that's come to Christ. But Lord, I really believe that this is a time where we're going to see responses. The other times have been training times, getting us ready. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would use each one of us, that, Lord, that we'd shine the light, we'd share Jesus, and we'd be able to see people come and respond to Jesus, that, Lord, we'd be able to come and we'd be able to fill rows with people that, Lord, are going to find Jesus. So, Lord, help us to do that. Help us to be a light to this world. Help us to be that light. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise his name. Well, I hope this morning that that kind of cements it in for you that we really do have a need to be a light unto a world. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about our church. It's about what God says. Be a light. You are the light of the world. You're, you're to be like a city on a hill shining brightly for all the world to see, to know that this is where I need to go, just like those, you know, those, those big giant lights that you often see when you go to those southern places, you know, crossing over. That's kind of like us. Hey, we almost should be out there in the town just waving our arms saying, hey, hey, want to tell you something. There's something happening here. There's something good that's taking place. Jesus is into my life. Jesus wants to come into your life. And I just pray that that would resonate in your heart here today as we close.